Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I want to thank you for listening and remind you that we have on this site over 3,400 audios featuring great preachers, persecution stories, Bible studies. You can go to Google Play Store and the Apple Store and download the Church One app for sermon audio. Just enter Hackberry House as your choice of broadcasters if you like. My books are on Amazon.com and you can contact me at bob.j.falconer.72 at gmail.com. Today we're reading from a book entitled The Christian in Complete Armor by William Gurnall. He was the English Bible scholar and pastor who died in 1679. We're talking today about hypocrisy, the nature of hypocrisy and its hatefulness to God. Just as sincerity or truth, and I have to stop here and explain that when he says sincerity, he's talking about truth and he's explaining the the girdle or belt of truth that we wear as a part of our Christian armor in Ephesians 6. Just as sincerity covers all defects, hypocrisy uncovers the soul and strips it naked before God, despite the richest embroidery of other qualities. This scab grows on even the sweetest perfections and changes the person's complexion in God's eye more drastically than leprosy destroys the fairest face. It is interesting to see how Scripture portrays the different characters of Asa and Amaziah. The writer says of Asa, the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. Like true gold, sincerity allows grains for lightness. Uh, Asa's infirmities were not mentioned as flaws to dim his honor, but as a, a wart or mole which an artist might use to accent the beauty of his other features. Thus, failures were recorded to give a greater attractiveness to his sincerity, which, in spite of his sins, won a good testimony from God's own mouth. And yet, it is said of Amaziah, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. His actions were good, but his attitude was faulty, and this turned his right into wrong. Thus we see how Asa's uprightness supported him in the midst of many shortcomings, but hypocrisy condemned Amaziah as he did what was right. Sincerity is the life of all graces and puts life into all our duties, as life keeps the body warm and beautiful, and prayer breathed from a sincere heart is heaven's delight. If sincerity is gone, God must say of prayers what Abraham said of Sarah, whom he had loved dearly while she was alive. Bury my dead, he said, out of my sight. Genesis 23, 4. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination to me. Your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. The thing God loathed, which made him speak so coarsely against his own ordinances, was hypocrisy. Hypocrisy makes prayer not prayer, but an idol to be broken in pieces. Faith, not faith, but a delusion. Repentance, 
not repentance, but a loud lie. They returned and inquired early after God, it says in Psalm 78, 34. But notice how the Holy Spirit interprets this. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues, for their heart was not right with him. God's wrath came down upon these hypocrites and punished them to the uttermost. O Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, the staff in their hand is my indignation. I will send him against a hypocritical nation and against the people of my wrath. Will I give him a charge to take the spoil, to take the prey, to tread them down like the mire of the streets. That's in Isaiah 10, verses 5 and 6. We do not need to send a coroner to investigate the cause of death. They were a hypocritical nation, and they died of hypocrisy. God would rather see the abomination of desolation standing in his temple, causing confusion, than the abomination of dissimulation, mocking him to his face, as hypocrites worship with their lips, and lust with their hearts. Of the two, it is more tolerable in God's account to see a Belshazzar, who never claimed to be his servant, to see him carousing with his gods profanely and drink from the sanctuary bowls than for a people passing for his servants to pollute them in worship by cursed hypocrisy. Woe to the man who dishonors God, under the name of honoring God. God singles out the hypocrite as the kind of sinner whom he will settle up with hand to hand and in this life punish in more extreme ways than others. He has arranged for civil authorities to punish thieves and murderers, but God is the only one who can find out secret sins. For every one of the house of Israel which separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. And I will set my face against that man, and I will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. That's Ezekiel fourteen seven and 8. That is, my judgments will be so horrible that he will be a shrine of my wrath for others to see and talk about. Thus God often pays the hypocrite his wages of sin in this life. Ananias and Sapphira, for instance, died by the hand of God with a, a lie sticking in their throats. Judas purchased nothing by his deceitful bargaining but a noose with which to hang himself. In fact, his hypocrisy became his executioner. But if the hypocrite slips out of this world before his mask falls off and God's anger covers him, it will meet him at the entrance of hell. It will be no comfort then to realize that his friends were confident he was sailing straight to heaven. The reputation which he left with them will not cool the flames in hell for him. All other sinners seem only younger brothers in damnation to the hypocrite, under whom as the great heir, they receive their portion of God's wrath bequeathed to them by his justice. In the Gospel of Matthew, for example, the master threatens to cut his evil servant apart and point him his a portion with 
with the hypocrites. Matthew 24, 51. We talk now about the offenses of hypocrisy, the offenses of hypocrisy. Number one, hypocrisy violates the light of nature. The same light which shows us there is a God tells us he is to be served in truth or else all Christianity is vanity. A lie is a sin which blends in with the lifestyle of a heathen. But hypocrisy is the loudest lie of all because it is told to God himself. Thus Peter asked Ananias the fatal question, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You have not lied to men, but unto God. Acts 5, verses 3 and 4. And secondly, hypocrisy is the sinfulness of other sins. Hypocrisy is among sins as sincerity is among graces. Sincerity is an ornament which beautifies all other graces. Faith is precious because it is unfeigned, and love because it is without dissimulation. Thus, the most hateful of all sins are those committed in hypocrisy. David, in his description of jeering companions who made him the object of table talk and could not taste their cheer unless they seasoned it with salty remarks, quipped against him, calls them hypocritical mockers. They cleverly wrapped their idle conversation in language which made some think they were applauding the psalmist. But hypocrisy is rottenness of the heart. And the more of this putrid stuff there is in any sin, the more malignant and deadly it becomes. David mentioned the iniquity of sin. He says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Psalm 32, 5. This sin was probably his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. And surely the worst part of it all was that there was such hypocrisy in it as David tried to juggle and justify his actions with God and man. The iniquity of his sin put a deeper color on David's behavior than the innocent blood which he spilled. God himself, when he described for us the seriousness of David's sin, seems to have done so because of the the hypocrisy involved. We see confirmation of this in the testimony he gave of this holy man. David, he says, did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except only in the matter of Uriah, the Hittite. 1 Kings 15.5 Did not David's walk take other stray steps besides this one? Or did God's spirit overlook all the other sins he ever committed? No, but these are all drowned here. And hypocrisy was mentioned as the only stain upon his life. Surely this was true because there appeared less sincerity, but more hypocrisy in this one sin than in all his other sins put together. Hypocrisy seriously wounded David's sincerity. And while it was not destroyed, it lay helplessly unfruitful for a time 
as one lies in a comatose condition. Truly, the injury was a complex one, since the grace in which the lifeblood of the other graces runs was brutally stabbed. Although God's covenant mercy did not let his child die of this wound, he had good reason to heal David's hurt in such a way that a scar remained to mark for us all the sin which God hates. The abomination of hypocrisy lies also in the fact that it walks around in spiritual robes and claims a personal relationship with God, a share in Christ and His righteousness and consolations of the Spirit. These are crimes with a high price on their head. As the wool is coarse or fine, so will the thread and cloth be. The profane person cannot spin a fine thread because he deals only in coarse work. The ignorant man who is a stranger to the ways of God will not have so much wrath poured out upon him as will the hypocrite with his false claims on Christianity. Hmm. Difficult, difficult to hear, don't you think? Next time we'll talk about false worship and false claims. Thank you again for being here, and do come back. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.